Andrea presents The Power of You with John Williams and Tanya Caprioli. The Andrea Method. Inspire, influence and impact your world. Be who you were born to be. What's stopping you? Find out now with John and Tanya. Good afternoon, good evening or good morning, depending on where in the world and at what time you're listening to this broadcast. My name's John Williams. I'm the co-founder of Andrea Solutions, and I'm also your host here for The Power of You. I will be back week after week to talk to you about you and about what's stopping you from living your life the way you want, what's stopping you from getting what you want out of life. What's stopping you from inspiring, influencing and impacting your world, your way, the way you were born to, to do it, as opposed to the way in which you've been told you must have to live your life. But right now, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, my co-founder in Andrea and actually the author of The Andrea Method, Tanya Caprioli. Welcome to Digital Radio, Tanya, and welcome to BBS Radio in particular. Thanks, John. I'm really happy to be here. I've never done anything like this. This, this will be interesting, hopefully fun, <laughs> and hopefully well, I won't make much of a fool of myself. Don't worry about that. That's regular on live. When you're doing live, anything happens, can happen, and, and, and often does. I'm really excited. I'm really excited that, that we are finally here, that we're here and uh, with the auspices of BBS Radio getting our message out across the world. Um, I think that's that's just awesome that our listeners have the chance to hear about the Andrea Method, what it's all about, where it came from and, and why the funny name, which is one of the interesting things about it. But Tanya, first, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be the author of the Andrea Method. Okay, so how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> just the brief, just the brief history, you know. Cliff notes. Okay, so yeah. um, I'm obviously Australian, as you can tell by my accent, as is, well, John, he's an import. He actually comes from New Zealand. But anyway, we will won't worry about that. We have a bit of a rivalry between Australia and New Zealand, just like I'm sure Canada does with America. So I'm Australian-born, but I happen to have a foot in two cultures. So my father's Italian, my mother's of um, Irish descent, born in Australia. So I am bilingual. I grew up in a rural town which became an industrial city. And then when I was 17, I moved to Italy and Having a foot in two cultures has given me a different way to look at things. And um, I remember when I was, uh, I used to have a restaurant in a former life and my journey on this path of self-development, professional development and self-empowerment really started when my business partner went and did a course, came back and totally changed. So I thought, hmm, there must be something in this self-development, self-improvement thing. So I began a journey. I was a, uh, involved with a company. I ended up being a seminar leader for them and was one of three apprentices that was trained by uh, one of the elites in the world. And then I went to work with, or for, I should say, for one of the other apprentices who had her own coaching company. So I worked there for uh, a few years and at the end of it, I decided to 
go my own way. And I remember thinking one day, I really need something that is going to true me up to me. Because harking back to the two cultures thing, Italians have a very strong idea of who you should be, what you should be, and how you should be. So that coupled with being born into a Catholic family, quite Catholic on both sides, and also uh, being being gay, meant that I really did not know where I fitted. So I couldn't turn to religion. I'd read a whole bunch of books. I'd done coaching, and I had gotten a lot of, both as a participant and as a coach, and I'd gotten a lot out of it for myself. And I remember reading one day that there's nothing new under the sun, and that's true. But what creativity really is, is finding all of these different bits and pieces and breaking them up and then putting them back together in a unique way. And I remember speaking to a good friend of mine and I said to her, I'm going to write a course for me to live by. And I did. So I went to Italy and in the space of about a month, I would get up at four o'clock in the morning and uh, I had a framework and much to John's total disarray, I did not approach it, approach it in a A, B, C manner. I did more like F, M, J, K, A. And in doing so, I actually wrote this in a period of about, about a month, the actual course. And then I would send it to John and he would edit it. And what we came up with was the, the Andrea method. And, and oh, Sorry, Tanya, carry on. And it's, it is something that I use both with my coaching clients, as does John, and I use it with me. Um, once I were, realized that it had such power for me, I couldn't keep it to myself. So I started to share it with, with others. And John was li- really, literally the first person that I ever shared this with. So does that answer It was my great, great, great privilege. And yes, it was follow the bouncing ball and it's been great fun on the journey. But Tanya, in creating the Andrea Method, what did you hope to achieve? What was your vision? Uh, well, it really came down to truing me up to me or truing how does a person true themselves up so that they have a way that they can move forward uh, consistently and be independent if they choose to be. Now, human beings are wired for connection. I absolutely understand that and we get a lot out of talking to other people. But if you don't have a good handle on the, the six inches between your ears, no amount of talking is going to make a difference, especially if you're introverted, which I am. So what I sat down to do was to gather all of the information that I'd ever read, experienced, or done. So I've done um, ontological work. I've done psychodramatic techniques. I've done neuro-linguistic pr- programming. Most of the stuff that I've done sits inside of an, what's called an ontological framework, And ontology looks at who you're being. So I had to think about, well, every day you wake up to a particular set point. So that's my mobile phone. When I open this up every morning, it has exactly the same screensaver. That isn't going to change no matter what I might do unless I shift it. And it occurred to me that human beings are no different. We wake up to a set point as well. So if I wanted to shift my behaviours or someone else's, my values, my beliefs, I had to actually shift that default. But first you've got to understand what that is. 
So I worked out what were the easiest ways to understand that. And there's a particular reason why the course looks like it does, even though I did not approach it in a linear manner. I filled out the pieces once I created the framework. And it begins with your default. So once you know what you wake up to and where it comes from, then you can set about to create yourself or uncover yourself, depending on which way you want to look at it. Both are equally valid. And then you need to embed those behaviours and then guess what? You start again. You go back to the beginning <laughs> because you've now got a new default. So that's how I, how I worked, how so, and why I did it, why I did it. So, Tanya, uh, you've been coaching for a, a good long time now and you've been using the Andrea method in, in, in your work. So can you tell me what sort of a person, who are the people that, that benefit from the Andrea method and what sort of results have they, they got from following the program? Well, every coach has a flavour. So I, I'm going to answer your question this way. My flavour is tends to be mainly women, but not only women, but it is uh, people that are lacking in assertiveness. And what that means... And how that shows up is there's generally a conversation that you have with you about you that I can't hear and that if, if I even got a bit of an inkling in, in towards what yours might be, it would be completely different to how I view you or you view me. So when you dial into that conversation and you can start to shift it so that it aligns with where you want to go, then it's a lot easier to get there. So I'll, I'll give you a bit of an a analogy. Do you do any kind of sport at all? Well, I swim. You swim. Okay, I perfect. Swim, yeah. You swim. That's right. I know you swim and you've managed to work your way up to swimming a kilometre or, or a mile or half a mile or whatever the case may be. When you go swimming and you dive in the pool, what are you wearing? I'm wearing my togs and my goggles and my cap. It's a great sight, I can tell you. Okay. So you've got your swimming trunks and your goggles and your swimming cap and you drive, dive into the water. Yeah. Now, imagine that you were to dive into the water with a full suit and a belt and a pair of gumboots and maybe a, uh, uh, you know, like an appropriate, and a cobra, you know, Australians love cobras. <laughs> how, how well are you going to swim? Uh, like a stone. Like a stone. You're not going to get very far and it's going no. to take way more effort because you've got a lot of stuff that's creating drag. Mm -hmm. You are no different inside of your own head. And those conversations will either streamline you or they will weigh you down. So years ago... Uh, we used to have this athlete, his name's Ian Thorpe, right, and they used to call him the Thorpedo. And there was a particular time in uh, swimming where they were, used to be able to wear these full-body suits, which gave them yep. an advantage, right? Mm -hmm. So you can either, at one extreme, you can have the advantage of streamlining everything, i.e. your thinking, or you can have the disadvantage that, that you don't even know you have of being weighed down by your business suit methods. And, and this is what the Andrea method is about, streamlining your thinking processes. Is that what you're saying to me? 
It's about taking off all of the things that are getting in your way to get to where you want to go. So using the swimming analogy, you don't, you don't necessarily know that you're wearing a business suit when it comes to your head swimming, jump, diving in the water. Mm-hmm. You think that you show up at the block wearing your swimming suit. But really, what you've got is a whole bunch of other stuff that are dragging you down. Um, once you can identify what they are and you can get rid of them, naturally you'll start to swim faster. So that's one piece. The next bit would be when you started your swimming, did you have anyone coach you on your stroke? Oh, that was a long story. Uh, but the, the long and the short of it was that I had certain people point out little bits and pieces as it, as it went along um, and as I got better. And uh, But breathing was the hard part. And uh, Vlad, the guy around the pool, helped me with that. So, yeah, I got some help. Yeah. So there's two parts to it. There's the stuff that drags you down that you aren't even aware of. And once you become aware of it, you take it off, right? So imagine you suddenly realize, oh, my God, I'm wearing a business suit and I'm in a pool and what I want to do is swim a mile. This is going to be really hard. Naturally, you just start taking them off. So that's awareness. The next piece is the uh, techniques, the, the, the tips and the, and the tricks about how to get there better. So the Andrea method does both. It makes you aware of what you're previously unaware of and then it like a good swimming coach, will help you to correct your breathing, your stroke, so that you can get from A to B faster. Because my guess is you already knew where you wanted to go, but you just didn't know that you weren't swimming in the best way you possibly could. That'd be right? Yeah, yes. I mean, in my case, when I started swimming, I couldn't swim at all. I, I really yep. couldn't. Even as a child, I couldn't swim, but my knees were stuffed from playing football as a kid. And so I needed to exercise. So I started going to the pool and I started by walking, uh, swimming breaststroke as far as I could, a little like doggy panel type thing, and then walking the rest of the way up the length of the pool. Now that was mm-hmm. when I, that was five years ago now. And then eventually I was able to swim a length breaststroke and then I was able to swim two lengths breaststroke and then I was able to swim, I got eventually up to a kilometre, which is a thousand metres um, breaststroke that's a long way and then I decided well I need to learn to do freestyle so I started to do freestyle which is it's kind of interesting because you're right you, you you peel it off you bit by bit by bit um, and then I it's interesting because then it formed in my goal that I wanted to swim 1500 meters after I turned the age of 60 because <laughs> 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 which I have done and and I got up to swimming 1500 meters and so I went from and but it took me two or three years to actually get to that, that point of being able to do 1,500 metres at, at will, learn to tumble turn. And it was all making decisions. It was all making decisions along the way. So it was interesting. I didn't set off day one saying, I'm going to swim 1,500 metres after 60. I just needed exercise, and I knew I needed to change. So I just took a step in, the, in that direction. Is that kind of how the Andrea method works? Well, it is. And it helps if you've got a clear goal. So your goal was to improve your health, exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, For some people, they will go, I want an exercise goal, and they will map it out to the nth degree. It depends on how we are. But there will be things that even in that goal of just get healthy, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with having a, uh, a vague goal. I would call that vague. 
vague insofar as it really just is kind of general blanket umbrella health improvement. And that can look any particular way, which means that you are able to adapt along the way and true yourself up to health, right? For other Mm -hmm. people, like I said, they will map it out to the nth degree. Either way, it doesn't matter. There will be things that you become aware of along the way that will expedite the process of you getting to what you say you want Mm -hmm. inside Mm -hmm. of an exercise goal. And the Andrea method is applicable to um, any goal that you want to create for yourself, but it's not about setting goals. It's about peeling off all of the, can you use the same metaphor? It is not appropriate to swim with a business suit. But if someone's told you you need to swim with a business suit, you know no better if you accept it blindly. It's about looking at, well, what do I want and what's in my way between me getting from where I am and where I say I want to go. And sometimes it's circumstance. And I don't doubt that circumstance plays a role. I mean, look at it. We're, we're currently living in an unprecedented period where every aspect of our life has been fe- affected by coronavirus. Now, there's no escaping the circumstance, but how you respond to that, you have complete control over. And the Andrea method is really about taking that control back. Like I, I, went, I remember going to a leadership talk, probably one of the best leadership talks I'd ever been to. It was by a guy named Philip DeBella, who's a, who created a coffee um, empire here in Australia. And he said, control what you can. Influence that which you can't let go of the rest. And if I was to sum up what the one of the things that the Andrea method gives you, it's that. So what can you control? Identify what those things are. And then uh, influence those things that are outside of your control. And the rest really doesn't matter because you are wasting your time focusing there. Very Put cool. your attention on what matters. Very cool. You're listening to The Power of You with John Williams and Tanya Caprioli. Tanya is the author of The Andrea Method. And there is the Andrea Solutions website. If people want to know more about what we're talking about, they can have a look at the Andrea Solutions website, which is at www.andrea, that's A-N-D-R-E-I-A, dot solutions. Just go there and uh, surf around, have some fun. Tanya, the people who have benefited from the Andrea method, what walks of life do they come from and what sort of benefits have they found by learning how to strip away that uh, business suit and get down to their swimming suit so they're able to get through the water and get where they're going? The common theme seems to be getting out of their own way. So I've coached um, people that have been like... One particular guy that I coached worked for a large oil company. This was a while back now, and he found that he kept getting passed over for promotion. There was another person that I uh, was coaching recently who was finding in a very male-dominated environment that her voice wasn't being heard. Uh, Others have been... Um, serial entrepreneurs that continue to doubt themselves, they have really great ideas, that something gets in the way of them executing. But what they all have in common is 
uh, the way they talk to themselves and the way they show up for others. There's a really great quote, which I can't, I'll paraphrase, and it's by um, Maya Angelou. And it basically says there's, there's one of you unique in all time and that if you don't express that uniqueness that is you, it, it will be lost and the world will not have it. And the contribution that you might be able to make doesn't get made by these people that can potentially alter not only their lives but the lives of those around us. Um, so... They experience being promoted. They experience feeling heard, having a voice, being valued for their contribution. But I think one of the most important things they experience is they let go of that nagging self-doubt. And that's not to say that it goes away permanently. It doesn't. Just like you don't have a shower once and you never need to have another one again, it's something that you need to continually practice and stay on top of. That's why it's called a discipline. And people have this relationship to the word discipline like it's a bad thing or it's something that's imposed on you. Discipline is actually something that you follow, which is why the word disciple comes from discipline. So if you follow something and make it a practice, your life is all the better for it. So, you know, have you ever thought about that that way, that, you know, this disciple and discipline, they have the same, same origin? It's, yeah. it's it's like in, in, in the course where you, we talk about the Latin for kill is side. So when we decide, we actually kill off the other mm -hmm. options. It's the same as suicide. It's it's very fascinating. We start using the language. And that's a major part of, of the course as well. You used the phrase just before, show up. That's how you show up for others. Can you explain that a little bit more, what you mean by how you show up for others? Well, another way I could have said it was how you occur, how you occur for others, because consider so it's the way other people are seeing you or the way you, the impression you're making on other people. Is that what you're saying? Oh, not really. I'm going to another, use another sports analogy. So I'm going to sound like a sport head, but I'm not really that sporting. Um, <laughs> tennis. I'm not even sure who number one in the world is right now, but um, let's pretend. Well, the woman's yeah. side, it's a girl from Ipswich here in Brisbane. Go Ash Barty, yeah. Ash Barty. Okay, perfect. Let's go with Ash Barty. So imagine that that you front up in a tennis match against Ash, Ash Barty. And she is world number one, so she takes the ball and she hits it. It's going to come at you like a, a bullet. <laughs> Now, if I had the ability to hit that back, return serve, it would come back at her pretty much like a bullet. But it doesn't occur for her like a bullet. In fact, ah. because she's got a different skill set, the ball shows up differently. She can see nuance, she can see spin, and she knows exactly where she needs to connect with that ball to make me run around the court, yeah? Yep. So the ball yep. shows up differently for Ash Barty than it shows up for me. For me, it'd be like, woof, it's just <laughs> going straight past me. Her, yeah. She was almost in slow motion. And, in fact, I'll give you another example. Do you ever remember watching Bruce Lee movies? I've watched one or two in my time, yes. Yep. So he was 
practising his art. He's a genius at martial arts, right? And he was practising ever since he was really, really tiny. If he had performed his art at the speed with which he could, it literally would have looked like he walks into a room and everyone falls down. That's how fast he was. So he had to slow down what he was doing so it actually looks like a fight scene. Otherwise, <laughs> he was just way too fast for them. Again, so that's if he walked in, it would have occurred to a viewer, a casual viewer, that everybody was falling over because he was so fast. So he had that's to right. slow himself down so it occurred to the viewer. And so when we talk about that concept, because um, mm-hmm. I know we also talk about being in in the profile and that's part of ontology, you know, what, what actually exists and, and who how you exist and what is as such. And that gets a bit confusing. So I'm trying to get it clear in, in listeners' minds and maybe it's my fault, maybe I'm just not quite with it. But essentially what you're saying and when you say show up for, for others and and how you you were you were being this this it's almost like so like Ash Barty sees the ball coming but she knows what to do with it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do with it. The ball, same ball coming to me at the same pace. I don't know what to to do with it. Um, but we both see the ball coming at us at pace. If our viewer is the ball, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, I can't hit the ball as hard as what what Ash does. So if I chances are she, it would be a little bit slower. So it's turning up slightly different. But it's how people react to that. Is that the is that the point here? Because people react to who you are being, people react to what you say and how you say it. Is that the point? And that affects your life? Well, that's one way of looking at it, but it's it's more like this. We don't exist in isolation. We exist in relationship to other people. So there's no you if there's no someone else in relationship to you. So it's the dynamic that occurs between you and another, whether it's you and a ball, you and a person, that makes the difference. And the Andrea method will increase your awareness of what's going on or what your contribution is to that relationship. Well, it will show you who... It it will actually... A, it will increase your awareness, but it will also allow for more congruence. Do you know what I mean by congruence? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for the pur- for the purpose of our listeners, I'm going to ask you to 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 go to the effort of explaining what you mean by congruence. It's when the outside and the inside line up, for example. So mm-hmm. I know that um, sometimes, and we're we're all we all have it. We have a thought inside, but our face doesn't necessarily reflect our our thinking. If you are congruent, it's easy for people to to recognise. Okay, so John John is being a particular way. He's being cranky, for example. Let's go with cranky. Um, so he takes actions that show up as cranky. Well, maybe he's not. Maybe there's something else going on. And if you're aware of your own internal dialogue around that, then you can either own it and say, hey, guess what? I'm in a bit of a space around this today or... You can shake it off really quickly. It, it, it just depends, but it's, it's about lining the outside up with the inside. And it's not coming from the doing space. It's coming from, well, there's always a way of being that precedes any action. 
And, and the Andrea method then lines up um, that that alignment, if you you want, from the inside from the outside, arguing that if you can control the your insides, your thinking, and understand those voices in your head that going off and saying who do you think you are and you're not good enough, the favourite two channels, you can reconcile that and understand why you think that way, which is what we cover in discovering your default. Then you can create a new you by understanding your own truth. What is is your truth, your view of the truth? And we'll talk about this as we get through the whole program because Tanya and I are going to explore this whole methodology over the next few weeks. We're going to go lesson by lesson and module by module until we get to the the end of it. Because then, okay, and creating the new you, it's getting clear on your, your purpose and your vision, minding your language. Language is a huge part, taking responsibility, and then we get on to conscious action, which is who do you need to be? And this is to to get the things who who would you be if you already had the things you want out of life and then there's a gap between who you you are now and who you would be if you already had those things in in your life and then that's it's perfect about john yeah because it's about bridging the gap mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the andrea method will help you a identify where you are because you live in uh, on the outskirts of one side of Brisbane and I live on the outskirts of another side. But unless I know exactly where I am, there's no way I can travel to you. It's just a vague kind of idea about how I might mm-hmm. get there. The Andrea Method will help you work out exactly where you are on the map. And then once right. you work out where you are on the map, and it's like a, uh, we use it in conjunction with being profile, which is a map of reality about who you're being, your relationship to who you're being, Mm -hmm. then you can plot a course for where you want to go. And until you work out what that that journey is and what you might need on that journey, um, you're literally wandering around in the desert a bit like Burke and Wills, which is some of our old explorers that had adequate food but managed to get themselves killed in the Simpson Desert because... They did not have an accurate picture of where they were going and what they were dealing with. Right. You're listening to The Power of You with John Williams and Tanya Caprioli. We're discussing the Andrea Method, which is a way in which you can take control of your life so as that you can learn to get to the point of inspiring, influencing and impacting your world by being who you were born to be or who you choose to be rather than who you've been told to be, understanding the gap between your default position when you wake up, like your default screen on your your phone, and what you want that default position to be in the future and how to to get there. Tanya, the, the world has been through an extremely traumatic 2020 and 2021. Doesn't look as if it's going to be greatly better. I mean, especially our listeners in the US, they've hit a trifecta of... of rampant COVID, the Black Lives Matters, Lives Matters protest and an election that led to what some people have called an insurrection on January the 6th. I, I know this ramped up my anxiety to, to some point, but I live in Australia, so I've got it pretty, pretty good. How would having the knowledge contained in the Andrea Method help people to reassess their lives and the way they react to these types of events? Okay, that's a really great question. And it comes down to um, reaction versus response. 
So if you, if you break down the word reaction and response, um, inside of reaction, there's a word called action. So it's about taking an action. But when it's a reaction, it's not a new action. It's something that you've done before. And if you've done it before, it may or may not be applicable to what you're dealing with now. But if it's a response, then you consider what's going on around you and it's done from, from a fresh space with the, without getting stuck in past-based reactive ways and then you can have a thoughtful and considered response to what's going on around you. And if everybody does that, then it's a lot calmer, it's a lot more considered and it will produce a different result and I would argue a better result because it's not me reacting to something that I think you're saying because here's the thing. Mostly we think we know what the other person's saying. We have no idea because we are filtering it through a whole bunch of assumptions and we don't actually hear what the other person's saying. We hear what we think they're saying. So it's half the time we are arguing with a position that isn't even accurate. So you're saying, what you're saying to me is that, that we're taking this information on that's coming to us from, from, from the world and we are, we are filtering that information through our as, through our, our mind, if you want, and, and making of it what, what we will. That would depend on the filters, wouldn't it? Like how you yes. interpret that information. So where do the filters come from, Tanya? The past. The past. So uh, what do you mean the past? Do they come from the 18th century or where, where do they come from? Your personal history. Okay. Go on. Your experiences. Um, they are influenced by what you read. Uh whether or not you seek an alternative point of view, whether or not um, you are raised in a particular environment. It's, it's all, whether you're male so, or female. So my, my parents have had something to do with the way in which I, I think? Um, Every parent has had something to do with the way you think because you just take it on board and don't right. necessarily consider. Like, uh, think about values, for example. Um, where do your values come from? Well, I, I would like to think I, my values, well, I suppose when I think about it, my core values probably do come from my parents. That's, that's the truth. They probably reflect what I was taught as a child. So let's look at health, for example. You decided you want to go swimming. Um, there are times when you do that easily and there'll be times when you don't. And I bet you... The times when you do it, you're acting with your values. And if they're values that you've actively chosen and some of them you have to detect because they're just there, they're, they're the core ones, and there are other ones that you take on board, but you select them. Part of growing up is being responsible and choosing your own value set, not just taking wholesale what someone else gave you. So when you do swim and you're acting in alignment with your values, that's one set of values. But sometimes we don't do it and we are, but, but I value health. So why aren't you swimming? And that's because something else is pulling you in another direction. And human beings are this complicated, massive intention and counterintention 
reaction and lack of response and consideration and then we end up with what we end up with. But when you can be conscious about what you think, how you think and where you want to go, that's a whole different ballgame. It really takes being in what you're essentially saying is that if somebody's not, the listener's not getting out of life what they want to get out of life, the first thing they need to be aware become, is to become aware that the way in which they are turning up, showing up for, for others and showing up in, in, in the world, not only might be uh, standing in their way of having what they want, it probably is. And so becoming aware of that is very much the first step in changing your life. Awareness is key. Without awareness, you are not going to change anything. Right, right. And that's where the Andrea method comes in. By the way, listeners, if you want to know more about the Andrea method, you can go to the website, which is www.andrea.solutions. There is no .com or anything like that afterwards. It's just .solutions, and Andrea is spelled A-N-D-R-E-I-A, .solutions. Uh, there you can check out the Andrea Method curriculum. There's a button there to learn more. Um, if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, there's a button there. You can go and get in touch with uh, Tanya or myself to talk further about this. Tanya, getting back to the, the benefits a participant can get out of the, the Andrea Method, what would you say is the number one benefit, the reason everyone should take the time to complete the Andrea method? Well, that really is going to differ for different people. I would say, what is your number one issue? And if you can find out what your number one issue is and get clarity around it, then you have the ability to take yourself in a totally different direction. So you're either at cause, like heading in a direction and taking yourself there, or you're being dragged there by someone else. So... To answer your question, I would think it would be being in charge of you and your own thought process. That's probably Mm -hmm. the number one thing. For me, what I got out of it was peace of mind. Because um, about 11 years ago, I was in in an earthquake and I got PTSD from being in that earthquake. And first of all, I thought, my God, I've got hormone issues because it felt very much like my hormones were playing up like I went through IVF. Turns out it wasn't. It was my adrenal glands not shutting off, which is my mind uh, running away with itself, being overly concerned about a future that hadn't happened. Like it's quite disconcerting when the ground shakes and things are falling down around you. I've been in earthquakes. Uh, yeah, yeah. 6.2 well, is my biggest I've been in. So. <laughs> well, yeah. the one I was in was 6.3, but it was very shallow. Yeah. And yeah. it lasted 28 was a seconds. Deeper and there was stuff flying off shelves. And so, yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah. But. Yeah. And, and, and like the walls, <laughs> it goes like a snake, right? And you, you, were in, you were in Italy and these buildings were stone, right? Uh, well, the one I was in at the time, my father built me as a builder. So it managed to, to stand up against the, the shaking. But, yeah. but the point is this, right? Once I realized where my thinking came from, then I had a degree of control that I could exert over my own thinking process. See those filters that we talked about before? They create mental models of how we think the world is. But there's a gap between how we think it is 
and how it really is, but we tend to live in the story about how it is. And that story will either empower you or it'll disempower you. Now, I had my PTSD diagnosed because when I was sitting there trying, look, here's the thing, I show up and I had this conversation about where my thoughts were coming from and what they did. And the psychologist, because I had to get some help to deal with it, said to me, that's PTSD. I went, okay. So then I put myself through my own process and I'm not claiming for one minute that I have the cure for PTSD. But what I do know is that when you get a handle on you, everything changes. How you show up for you changes. So how I show up for me changes how I show up for others because now I'm the one in control of my own uh, strings. Like have you ever watched a puppet puppet show? Mm-hmm. One of my strongest memories as, as a kid was I lived in Italy for about three months or so when I was about five years old and Punch and Judy is an Italian Neapolitan actually um, puppeteer show and the puppet comes out and the puppet just moves according to the puppeteer's hands. Well, your filters and your history bag, they're the puppeteer. And I'm no different until I actually was able to look up and see my own strings and go, right, that string comes from over here. Right, so you're able to look at the influences in your life that were creating you and the way you presented to the world, right? What yeah. happened in the past or what experience or what did you learn and what opinions you had formed around things? Yeah, and why am I shut down in that area? Why don't I speak up? And then when you look at what drives your behaviour, you can drive it in another direction, and that's why I use the analogy of the puppeteer. So, so let's, get back, let's get back to the Andrea method again for just a little bit, you know, because uh, yeah. this puppeteer situation, I'm going to relate that to the first module because the Andrea method is broken into three uh, modules. The first one is discover your default position, and that's what you're talking about here, isn't it? Actually really understanding that what it is and who you are being and how that relates to the, what you're achieving and whatever it is you want to get out of life, whether it's, whether it's to be heard, whether it's to, to participate or to find a new way. Because for me, when I became involved with it, with the uh, Andrea method and with Andrea, I, I was a lost soul. I, I'd fallen out of corporate world. I'd had gone through what is now, according to the WHO, a, a recognised medical, not a medical condition, but it's a, it's a contributory condition to burnout, and was like, where do, where do I go next, and, and, and who am I? I was diagnosed with clinical depression and then high anxiety, and it's been a matter of, for me, of walking my, my way back, all the way back there, uh, as I say, it took me like 50 years to get into that pickle, uh, five or six years to, to sit and stew in it, and another five years to get out of it. And I'm still working on it. But here I am today talking to you, and I'd say credit it to the power of the, the Andrea method in terms of what, what has been created through, through that, discovering that default position and how that related to the whole situation. Yeah? And, mm-hmm. and then creating a new me um, and saying, hey, this is my truth. This is who I am. 
And really important part for me though, Tanya, was getting a vision, getting a vision for what I wanted the world to be. I, I, that's sort of like the next step for me is that if once you've got that default position, the most important thing for creating a new you for me is understanding a vision and what my part was in in achieving that vision and understanding why why I wanted to do that because and it comes easy because I really just just want to do this. What do you think is the most important part of the second part, Nick? You know, creating a new you. Do you, do you have a favourite? <laughs> Uh, language, so power of words. Yeah. And the reason why I think that is because I can tell a hell of a lot about what someone's thinking by using my ears to listen to how they use language. Are they um, in control of their world? Are they at effect? Are they making something bigger than it needs to be? Are they playing it down? That will tell me a whole bunch of things um, because words have have meaning. Like magic shows. You, you've been to a magic show. What's the word that they use in magic? Abracadabra. Abracadabra. Do you know where that comes from? I'm sure you're going to enlighten me, Tanya. <laughs> I will. It comes from um, Hebrew. And it literally means I create as I speak. So whatever we say actually creates our world. And if you take that to be true, then you'd be very careful about the words that you use that come out of your mouth. And if you don't believe me, just take an experimentary uh, look at yourself, wander around with a pen and paper and start to look at how you use language and then look at the results you've got. And I bet that most of the time, if not all of the time, there will be a correlation, a strong correlation between the language you use and what shows up, there's that term again, in your reality. So are there are any particular... Think- Sorry. Where you go. Now go on. Are, are there particular words that our listeners should, should avoid? Are there some bad words? <laughs> it's like, yeah, should. Hmm? Words one. It's a sh- word, but it's not. It, it's should. <laughs> yeah, they are gone and used it. Are there, are there particular words that, that people? Okay. Uh, any? Are there any other words? Can I put, put my foot in it anymore? <laughs> have. Have to. Need to. Must. They're all words that, that are like they, they have power over you. They're absolutes. So when something is an absolute, there is only that way that it can show up or be. So, oh, my God, I have to do this thing for my mother. Well, no, you don't. You could choose not to. But then you could turn around and go, but if I don't, there's a consequence. Well, guess what? You get to choose now. Do you choose so choose to do is a it? word you would choose is a word you would use. Uh, you 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 would substitute should, uh, must, need for choose, perhaps or want, can or similar, yeah. And words that it's open similar. things up rather than close them down, right? Because if you're choosing that, yeah. that infers you have a choice, whereas if you have to, you don't. You'd, so it closes it down, like okay. and. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. Um, we had a mini 
lockdown. I'm going to call it a mini lockdown because yeah. in the world of lockdowns, it was three days. And on Friday at 6 p.m., we had the lockdown for three whole days. I don't know how you felt on the Saturday, but on the Saturday I got up. Now, normally I wouldn't even go out on the Saturday morning. But because I was told I had to stay home unless I had a very good reason to go out, and I'd done all my shopping, so didn't have that reason, didn't really need petrol because the confines of my neighbourhood is where I was staying, how do you think I felt? Restricted? Well, the word lockdown might give you a bit of a clue. Yeah. You are literally locked down. So as long as I related it to, to it like I have to, I must, I should, I need to, there's no choice and no freedom for me versus actually this is no different to any other Saturday morning that I'd been normally staying home. This is for the good of my community and Australia is ranked like number eight or something in the world about how we've handled it. So kudos to to how the authorities have handled it. But once I shifted my thinking from a I have to to a, I choose to, my experience altered. That's only in language. Nothing changed. Get back to the ball. You so when you say your experience, you're talking about how, how you how you perceive how I felt. life, how you felt. Yeah. How yeah. I felt. So we're all having an experience, right? So I can either experience a three-day lockdown as something that's being imposed on me or I can choose to voluntarily do the three-day lockdown, even using the same word, because I know that it's um, going to give benefit. Now, either way, there's a benefit, right? One has a lot of resistance in it. The other one doesn't. Where does the resistance come from? Language. I was going to think. I was, I was thinking um, filters and and beliefs and all sorts of things. You know, like I have a right to be free. I have a right to. I don't have to wear a mask. I shouldn't have to. I should people. Who gives people the right to tell me what to do? And what are you doing right now? Protesting my rights. You're talking. Yeah. You're yes. talking. You're using language. Mm-hmm. Your language is how you communicate to you and everyone around you. Yeah, because that's really interesting. Because when I was saying that, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I felt the adrenaline starting to go because I actually don't believe that. But nevertheless, I still started. I got into the role play and said, hey, who gives you the, the, the right? So what you're suggesting is that, look, look at the greater good. Look at you, There is a way in which you can make this a choice thing. So I know that, that um, uh, President Biden has asked Americans to wear masks for the next 100 days and he's made it compulsory in all federal properties and, and, and wherever federal jurisdiction is concerned. So what you're suggesting to listeners who, who might find that difficult and feel like they're being told to do something and, you know, there's a bit of a must attached to that, that they, they reframe it and go, so for the, the, the greater good in the context of not spreading the disease because we know that masks work, um, mm-hmm. look, for my fellow American and for my fellow man, I'm going to choose to wear this, this mask just simply because it's my civic duty. Is that what you're suggesting? Or just just because you choose. You choose to have freedom in that experience versus resisting it. Mm. Resistance causes a whole manner of pain. And 
it's a story. It's a story you tell yourself. So even when you were, you know, embodying the role of someone who was having a, you you know, you're invading my rights, that, that language starts to colour your experience. And then you get to choose. What experience do you want? Do you want the experience where you feel agitated and upset? And I'm not talking about pacifism, by the way. I'm talking about the language will either empower you or disempower you, and it's coming out of your mouth, buddy. So if it's coming out of your mouth, who has the power? Great. Tanya, look, we're coming to the end of our time together here today, and I did want to get to the name Andrea. Can you briefly tell us where does the name Andrea derive from? I I can. So when we were sitting down and um, trying to work out what would be a good name, and I'm sure there would have been a lot of names that would have worked in terms of marketing, um, but when I wrote the course, I came across this concept, which I really loved, and it's one of the four Greek virtues, and it's called Andrea. Um, and there's a real focus on results in the world. And I think that focus is a bit misplaced. It should actually be on uh, what you put into it because the result takes care of itself. So Andrea is taking the action regardless of the result. And the best way to look at it is is a soldier. He goes into battle. He knows he may or may not die, may or may not live. He's potentially going to die, but he does it anyway because it's not about about preserving his life. It's about doing what is right. It's about the action, not the result. So Andrea Andrea is having the courage to take yourself on and change your world. Tanya, we have to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for being here. We'll be here next week on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 9 a.m. Australian time or Queensland Eastern Standard time. Uh, If you want more information about the Andrea method, you can go to www.andrea.solutions. That's A-N-D-R-E-I-A. And there's a wealth of information there on the curriculum. And if you want to get in contact with Tanya I. You can do that there. Tanya will be joining me again next week when we'll dive deeply into discovering your default right here on BBS Radio, 1, 3 p.m. Wednesday, Pacific Time. And that's it. We've run out of time. Back to you, Don. The Power of You, presented by Andrea, with John Williams and Tanya Caprioli. Live 3 p.m. Pacific Time, every Wednesday on BBS Radio 1. Inspire, influence and impact your world. Visit www.andrea.solutions.